to Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, welcome to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Court Sage Hart. I'm here with my other host, my man. That's happy over here, Court. How are you going? <laughs> man, I'm coming in hot like a freight train after we were sounded like a bunch of potheads in the last episode. So I was going to say, does that mean that in lieu of you know, us setting the scene to be drab and not hard hitters last week, you've gone high and we're going to end low so the contents the contents not actually as strong in this one <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just we're gonna limp to the finish line like a cheap formula one car team like we start the season and they think hey it could be different for them this year by the nope. end of the year nah we're gonna get some points now we're gonna vie for top three <laughs> but no how you been anyway good my man i'm still persisting with my golf Sticking to my promises, my New Year's resolutions. Work is doing, you know, doing work what stuff. work does, what work stuff does. Um, yeah, and just generally, I'm reading some more books, trying to get into that pile of books that I bought and never read. Um, some of them are like Navy SEAL books. Yes, you did mention the Navy SEAL. Yeah. You've, you've backed off by mentioning shit like uh, strong training regimes. Yeah. This is a, like uh, I am again confronted with many a chapter that reminds me of my utter inadequacy as a man. <laughs> Oof, yeah, or sharpens into focus those moments where you say to like a loved one or a friend, oh, I've just had like a really tough week. Like I'm just really stressed. <laughs> and then it's like in Fallujah when my leg got blown off and I decided, fuck that. And I packed some dirt in the wound and carried on fighting. And I'm like, huh. And you're like, ah, paper cut. Ah, <laughs> yeah, damn it. Exactly. Oh, nothing could be this painful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no internet connection. How am I going to watch Netflix? Uh, so sp- so things have been ticking over. Sp- yeah. Speaking of Netflix, so well, again, there's there's suddenly no sport again. Is yeah. there anything that has tickled your fancy in terms of the the airwaves? Uh, I tried to watch Mandalorian and get into it, and I've watched a few episodes, and it's okay. Um, I keep watching it late at night though, when I've had a long day at work, so I don't think I'm in the right headspace to absorb it. But no, nothing has come out that's kind of jumped at me and made me go, yeah, that's awesome. So instead, I found myself on YouTube watching old stuff. Like, again, to the golf obsession, I literally watched the last day of the 2013 Masters broadcast, the Adam Scott's win. I was like, I don't really remember it. I think I just watched the last 20 minutes. I went and watched the whole five and a half hour broadcast, which, by the way, kudos to the PGA Tour. They have all that stuff on their YouTube channel for free. Oh, you got to have it now. If you're going to have it, it's all over. Yeah. So, like, mad respect that their YouTube channel has all that content there for free on demand. So, yeah, I literally sat and watched it. And because it had been so long, I couldn't remember barely anything. Yeah, it's um, YouTube's, YouTube's the place to be at the moment. I mean, again, now it's sort of highlighted where, you know, this week there's... You know, the Australian Open's gone. It doesn't yeah. seem to be as much on tennis, but I, like anyone, I love trailer season. Like, I, I, I'm an addict for what's coming next, Yeah. Um, which is the, one of the big ones, which is actually coming out very soon. I don't know the exact date, but season three of the uh, Formula One doco is actually coming out. 
Drive to Survive. Yes. Yeah. Now that I'm excited for. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that one too. So um, it's going to be an interesting season, obviously, with how it all sort of shook down. But the the quality and how they've, they've, they've pretty much nailed their their vibe on how to do it well. Yeah, because you, and I can say this, I would hand on heart tell any one of our listeners that haven't seen it or that don't like Formula One, it is a phenomenal series that gets you totally hooked into the world of that sport without you needing to have an interest in sport, let alone Formula One motor racing. It's a, it's a fantastic doco. Um, it's the sort behind of me- the scenes of like, sorry to interrupt, the behind the scenes of like contract negotiations and just seeing them openly like bag each other out is so refreshing to see. It's really good. So it got me thinking because I've got nothing else and there's no, I'd say there's objectively no real docos like that for a lot of other big um, yeah. key things. So funnily enough, the AFL have come out and they've done one from last season, yeah, which yeah. look, I'm probably not that G'd up to watch, um, yeah. but I can respect what they're trying to do. Are they trying to just last dance it? Yeah, it's real last dancey, a bit of a behind the scenes, like how hard it is to go stay in Queensland and play footy, uh, a bit of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so look, I'll reserve judgment because I okay. am one to paint a, an early idea on, what, on how bad I think something will be. Yeah. Um, but it sort of got me more thinking about what other sports, look, there's a lot of sport docos, like, let's be fair, a yeah. lot of sport docos, a lot of individual player docos, coaches docos. But for whatever reason, the F1 one is a little bit different. So stealing that kind of framework, what other sports do you think that are maybe on the the proverbial outer at the moment, do you mm. think are, are going to gear up and do a, a drive to survive, Doco, <laughs> to, to bring back people into their sport? Oh, something like golf could benefit from it because – you know, like a few weeks back, I was saying like, oh yeah, I watched those like tailor-made golf videos on YouTube where you've got like Tiger and Rory and Jason Day and DJ and stuff. And they're like chipping with each other and like talking about each other's chipping and I do this and I do that. And I was like, what the, f- you guys are like helping each other. You should be, if that was, if Michael Jordan was there and they asked him, how do you chip? He'd tell him, uh, get the fuck out of my face. And he would chip. <laughs> <laughs> so probably like, golf doesn't have enough golf doesn't have enough of that yeah so it needs that and that's what formula one did they didn't make drive to survive because they thought this might be cool they knew at the moment we have one team that keeps winning all the time how do we drum up interest in our sport the one thing we have is it is ultimate behind closed doors sport so they Absolutely. decided to let you into that so, so for me, that's I look at a sport, like say the AFL. I don't want to see a documentary about the season. I want to see a documentary about trade and draft week. Yes. See, that sort of stuff is more interesting. See, yeah. like, I mean, I think the obvious one is obviously MotoGP. Yeah. Um, motorsport tends to really quickly and easily ease into the drive to survive because it's all built on that. It's all, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff you don't see. Yeah. So I'm going to take that one off the table. Uh I think the trade season one would be good. And again, they don't really want to give that away because they're sitting there going, oh, how are you going to trade? But let's just, 
You know, we're yeah. talking on a podcast. We can make it whatever we want. So they're going to do it. Yeah, that's any sport. Like, imagine basketball. Imagine the NBA in free agency. Is it a month now for free agency? I don't even know. Two months? Imagine that. Imagine trade deadline in the NBA where you can actually see, like, a team ring a player and go, uh, you know how we traded for you uh, four months ago and you bought a mansion? Yeah, but we traded you. <laughs> Might want to sell that mansion. Yeah, because sport is so money orientated now brands are so heavily like protected that you really you get an artificial product of the people and the organization and the this and the that so everything's like culture brand you don't actually know what anyone's like so like i'll use damian lillard as an example he barks on the basketball court He's always talking like he's this sort of junkyard underdog that doesn't get enough respect, you know, like, and that image is created. He's loyal to Portland. He doesn't want to suck her out for a ring, but you don't actually know what he's like to sit with and have dinner. He could be just a real sweet, easygoing guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what like a good documentary showcases. Like we knew MJ was competitive we didn't know MJ would happily have backed over you in a truck just to win a card game. Yeah, he's a crazy dude. See, I think with all of that, I would like to do like some other off-the-side sports I think would have some rivalries that you wouldn't be really hear about. Yeah. Things like world surfing. Yeah. So I think world surfing would... Cause it, and as, as glorious it is when you see like uh, surfing docos where they get the slow-mo cameras out there and the guys on the waves, and they look awesome. And it's in mm. slow-mo, and they're like, yeah, got the run. The actual them talking, because I don't, like, as friendly as they are, I don't think they all like each other. No, they would not at all. So you I see that. So it'd be more interesting to do the surfing doco without showing as much of the action out when they're, you know, hitting their waves. Yeah. Because that's more interesting. Yeah, you're right. It is. And then maybe something super bizarre like table tennis. Yeah, or like World Dart Series. Because they have the most epic crowds. You would have seen like the darts tournaments where I, I swear no one knows how that game's going in the arena. They're just there to dress up and cheer and go ballistic. Yeah, you need these you need these sports that have got inbuilt rivalries that you're able to sort of steer into. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And Formula One's rivalry is born out of financial reward for success. And there is a brutal like almost like New York Wall Streety kind of vibe to Formula One. Like you're an underperforming stock. See you later. Yes, yeah, insane. Like, oh, you have a contract? That's great. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, but the surfing one's an interesting one. I mean, the UFC. The UFC does last dance kind of content for every single pay-per-view. And people respect them because they do it well. Because there is something refreshing about two dudes on camera going, I hate his guts. I actually want to pound his face in. And then the best part is in three days' time, you then get to see him try and pound the guy's face in. Typically speaking, boxing UFC, they do those lead-up docos great. Yeah. You know, and you see, I remember this is years ago now, but the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd fight. And yeah. they had this hour-and-a-half, two-hour doco and I was going through all their trainings and what they were doing. And you're like, this is awesome. Like, this yep. is the best. And the, 
to your point, you know, they don't just not like each other or, you know, they sit there and they act real tough. They're actually going to fight each other. Yeah. They're actually going to fight each other. So even if you were just like, you know, I really like him, like he's a great guy, but ultimately I'm still going to punch him in the face. Yeah. It's not like basketball where they're like, yeah, I just don't like that guy. Next time he sees me, he's going to get the business from me. But you know that is like they might bump their chest a little harder into you going for a rebound. Yeah, that, that's Whereas, it. Like the UFC, if people haven't seen it, Ben Asker and Jorge Masvidal, everyone would have seen the clip of the guy that does a flying knee and knocks a dude out in the first four seconds of the fight. Their trash talk before the fight was just Ben Askren going, he's nothing, he's washed up, he doesn't frighten me, I'm not even going to bother training, this guy doesn't frighten me. And Jorge Masvidal in every clip just going, uh-huh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Four seconds in, bang, flying knee, knocks a guy unconscious and just looks at everyone, puts his hands behind his back and just relaxes like, mm-hmm, I told you, I told you. And after seeing all that doco footage beforehand, it was the ultimate reward. The ultimate reward. The UFC does it so well. Um, you also need a good narrator. Drive to Survive does that well too. You need a good narration for what's happening. I think you do well narrating. Me? Yeah. Yeah, and... I actually would love to do that as a job. <laughs> like the UFC, my old housemate, Ash, he'll be listening. Shout out to Ash. We used to get excited every fortnight. UFC brings out their like free 45-minute docos on whatever like Sunday thing was happening. And they use Ron Perlman. Oh, great, great narrator voice. Yeah. And their style is they have two fighters and from wherever they're from and they train, you see them in the first like two minutes and it always narrates where they are and then it pulls like a cultural reference. So say you got like Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. It starts and you see like just a slow like landscape shot of like the Irish greenery in some water and it's like Dublin, Ireland. A former two-division champion prepares for a showdown. Like, they do it so well. And it's like looking to make his mark. The challenger in Louisiana, Dustin Poirier, prepares in an unorthodox manner. You know, and he'd be there like doing push-ups underwater in a pool. And you're just like, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. Like, it would be the best. <laughs> All right, my man. Speaking of sport, now, I am currently, uh, during the weeks at least, a resident of the fine city of Hobart in Tasmania, as you're aware. Yes. Working for a great company, got a great opportunity for a job. Now, while I've been here, Tasmanians are legends. They refer to everywhere else in Australia as mainlanders. <laughs> It's amazing. So you're instantly ostracized, but not in a, like a nasty way. You're just flat out labeled. So the first day I got to Tassie, I get off the Spirit of Tasmania, which is a ferry because I took my car over. And for anyone that doesn't know, Tasmania, look it up. It's a little island south of Victoria in near Melbourne. I get off the boat. I've still got my COVID face mask on from Melbourne. 
I drive my car down the ramp and I pull up at this coffee shop and I see this kind of like, you know, like a roadhouse kind of Aussie operator, like a big unit with the big beard and goatee. Um, And he's putting like a wear open kind of flag out the front of the cafe. So it's not a, it's not a hipster cafe. It's a, it's a, we sell pies and coffee cafe. You you aren't getting your extra skim, uh, mildly hot almond with like not too much of the almond. Correct. When I say, do you have almonds? He just assumes like those sort of knobby salted peanut packets. (laughs) Um, so I hop out of my car and I still had the face mask on because I just kind of forgot that I had it on. And for people that don't know, Tazzy like hasn't had a COVID case for six, seven, eight months. They've sort of kept it out. I get out of my car and I look over to him and I, I said like, oh, cool, you're open, you do takeaway coffee. Just sort of being polite. And he goes, yeah, mate, <laughs> you must be a bloody mainlander wearing that shit on your face. Get that off here, mate. God. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I know he's being friendly, but he straight away identified me as a stranger to these parts. Now, the point of that story is Tazzy people have a lot of pride in where they are and where they're from. They are currently at war with our favorite organization, the Australian Football League. You're aware of this, yes? Yes. Loosely enough. I mean, I haven't seen any new comms, but I know where this is going. <laughs> the argument's I- been the same for a while. Yeah. I'm keen to get your thoughts. Tasmania is a football state or was once a proud football state. The sport is waning a little bit in the state, but they love their footy. AFL teams have been coming here for years. They've produced many a legend in the game in recent times. The Rewalts, the Matthew Richardsons of the world. Good Tassie boys, right? They want their own team. The AFL instead sends... One spud mediocre Victorian team and then one powerhouse team because they basically can cash blank checks that the government throws at the AFL to get footy played in Tasmania. They rightfully are going, we want our own team because we saw you put a team in Western Sydney where no one gives a shit about footy and in the Gold Coast where no one gives a shit about footy. And those teams hemorrhage money and the only people that go to their games are people from Melbourne that just want to go to the footy. Yes, who are on holidays and they're still catching (laughs) a game. Exactly. Or who are, I live in Brisbane and, oh, I'm working here for two years for KPMG. Oh, cool. (laughs) Essendon's coming up to play the Lions. I better go to the game. Oh, I don't have a membership. I'll get a general admission ticket. Oh, I'm on the field. Oh, this is cheap. Ten bucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Now, their premier came out and did what I thought you would respect, which was a bold, bold gangster move. A few months back, he wrote to the AFL and said, look, enough's enough. We've had commissions. We've had this. We've had that. We want our own team. I give your two teams four million bucks each a year in a blank check to come and show up and play your games, blah, 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 build grassroots, get people interested. I don't see a roadmap for what we want. So guess what? I'm ripping the check up. You have one month to tell me what's happening. (laughs) And held a press conference to do it. Didn't send him a letter, did a press conference, and effectively said, see this check? You don't get back to me in a month? I'm ripping the shit up. (laughs) I have two questions. 
but I think yes. you already answered but that's what I thought of is there a chance that he gets a big novelty one <laughs> and then rips that so he didn't rip it on camera but he like threatened to rip it on camera is that right no it wasn't a big novelty one but I would love that's the only way you could have made that better yeah I think well, you need to, I think you need to get maybe we'll give him a sideline sponsored check that would be illegitimate and bounce in every known uh, economy <laughs> in the world so look it might lose a bit of its appeal but great branding yeah great branding but i'm keen for your thoughts do you think a tassie deserves a team and if we're in a climate where sporting organizations want to prop up big markets blah 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 then surely a place that actually loves a sport deserves one and also, do you rate that kind of gangster negotiation tactics? And do you think it'll pay off? One, I'm going to answer the baller tactic first. Yes. The baller tactic's a great tactic. It's yeah. elite. Because he's got a genuine point where the AFL prefer to just not answer stuff. And yeah. this is with everything. You could say, was that hands in the back? And they'll say, I'll defer. It wasn't hands in the pack, depending on what the referee in the third tier of the fourth room back there said. Oh, the comms went down. For, uh, call on the field stands as to what it was. And you're like, what? Yeah. Just, just make a call. The other, my big thing is the AFL, unfortunately, kind of have to realize what it is. They have this great idea, and kudos to them, and I appreciate it. They probably still have this idea that at some point America is going to latch onto AFL. You know, they need to grow. <laughs> they need to. They need to grow the game. They need to get into the rugby. To be honest, it's kind of over. the The margins are set. What you're going to get a five percent swing of the new of the um the rugby code people who enjoy watching rugby will go. Yeah, I watch some AFL. Objectively, what's it really going to do? You're actually better off. You know trying to retain the percentage of people you have existing watching football anyway mm -hmm. and not losing them to other sports, be it soccer or the NBA or NFL. Yeah. So that's what I would be doing. I'd say, look, Gold Coast, fair enough. Probably threw that one away. Our thing now is Tasmania will at least grow a club at some mm -hmm. interest. And to be honest, it's probably a very cheap cost. Yeah. Like, how much it really cost them to get another ground uh, club off the ground? Well, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, at the end of the day, they're cutting a blank $8 million check to two Victorian teams. That's $8 million a year the government can just throw into the running costs of their own team. Exactly. Um, it's also, you've got to admit, for a politician, that's also pretty cool. Like, Aussie politics are pretty boring. Whenever stuff in Aussie politics makes the news, it always feels way like, you know, like last year we had a politician that was having a baby with a staffer. And we treated that as like Moses coming down with the tablets in terms of like peak news. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it really wasn't, it's like we so badly want to be America and have like this kind of like bright light political sphere. But most of our politicians are dorks. Yes. And not that interesting. <laughs> also true. Yeah. So it was quite refreshing to see a politician hold a press conference to basically try and blackmail a sporting organization into putting a team here. Well, they've, to be honest, either way they win. Yeah. 
Because all that will happen is the AFL will go, fine, we'll cover the $8 million. So they just got $8 more million they can do whatever they want with. Yep. And then at the next round of negotiations, they say, oh, well, our new Tasmanian team is going to get a $16 million prop up. And they go, what do you mean $16 <laughs> million? It's like, well, you're already giving us eight and I've got an eight that I already saved. I just doubled it. <laughs> yeah. The other danger is like you would see for those that watch Australian basketball, which we got more on the map in the world when LaMelo Ball came here for a season. Tassie's getting its own NBL team and basketball is a rapidly growing sport. And it would be, it's fascinating to watch different sporting organizations making moves in a whole state. Again, do you really, you know, whether the population base is as big as other states, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. You, if you're not going to be a football state, if you're not there, there's going to be more kids playing basketball and that because it's just there. Yeah. And basketball's cool. Exactly. And, right. I, and I sat there and was like, as a person that's going to be in Hobart on a Friday night, yeah, that's awesome that I can roll five minutes down the road in no traffic and spend what will probably only be 20, 30, 40 bucks to go watch a basketball on a Friday night. Ship it in. All right. So I've got a new question for you. Yes. We've given, we're fixing the AFL. Okay. We're for, fixed- our, for our world listeners, just tolerate us. <laughs> we're fixing we're fixing the AFL again. We're running it back. <laughs> yeah. So, what's well, your what's your? F- <laughs> I was going to say we are pandering to the lowest common denominator of our fans. We have some hardcore bolt-on fans that love it when we do this. Yeah, we're just going to fix something that we know is broke and it can't be fixed. Uh, yeah. But look, let's. I think there's a very like. How do you think you just go about quickly fixing the AFL? Like, let's not go too deep, but. Get rid of four of the Melbourne teams. Yeah, so I think the easy one is you do a sh- uh, and Clark, uh, one of the coaches, Alistair Clarkson, brought it up. Um, let's just have twenty teams and you play each team once. Yeah. So let's let's go. Let's run down that path. We're going to have twenty teams, so we need two more teams. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll reshuffle the deck a little bit and. Where, what else are we going to do? Oh, that also fixes the loose grey scheduling conflict of it being rigged. (laughs) (laughs) Loose and grey, I love that. Yeah, rigged. Uh, So, what do you think? I think we have, do you think, do you think Northern Territory get one? Yeah. Like, look look at the NBA. New York has two teams. New York. What is it? 25 million people have two teams. Look, I'm happy to reserve judgment on Northern Territory because I haven't seen their state premier A ever. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> and B, until he gets, he's going to have to get a novelty check or he's going to have to like drop the check out of a chopper and like machete it or something. He's going to have to, he's going to have Croc- to. Crocodile Dundee wrestles it out of a crocodile's mouth. And look, I do know that uh, we do go play up there and play some games uh, where Melbourne go up there, but yeah. and that's just for literally a chunk of money. But all that I have ever known from my friends who are Melbourne supporters is every time they ever have to go up to Northern Territory, it's always when they need to win the game to maintain finals rele- relevance, and they're always filthy that they just got the check from the AFL to go play Northern Territory, and it's <laughs> going to cost them the season. So I... Even though I'm broadly want to fix the 
AFL and have a team everywhere. I think I'm okay with just not having one in NT. <gasps> Ooh, big call. Big call. I'm going to have to be courted. I'm going to have to have a steak dinner from the Northern Territory Premier <laughs> You want to be wooed. Yeah. 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 Right when we start talking about principles and what we believe in, we always have the caveat. However, that opinion can be swayed and bought for as, yes. much, as, a, as much as an eye fillet steak dinner. So, look, I was thinking in terms of the breakdown, uh, yep. I think WA get another one. Yep. I think that's a very, very easy one. So, let's, let's, I'll jot this down and we'll do this properly in a spreadsheet. So, we've got to give right. them plus one. Do we know which team, wh- which team are we sending over to WA? Uh, let's just send over a team that has, let's send the Gold Coast to WA. Because the I players keep, won't. I was going to keep two in Gold Coast though. Ah, uh, Okay. Well, we'll send. We'll just pull Victorian ones out because that makes the most sense. Let's pull. Uh, Actually, you know what? Let's send Gold Coast over there. All right, because they, they won't notice a difference. Just slightly less fake tan and tribal tattoos. Yep. We'll keep. We'll keep Adel, uh, We'll keep SA with the two there. They don't need yep. anymore. They're good. No. They're covered. Um, Northern Territory zero. Yep. Uh, Queensland, I'll probably still have to keep it too. Yep. So what are we giving them? Bris- obviously Brisbane. Who's moving up? Um, just because I want to actually make them travel, let's send Richmond. Okay. <laughs> what about New South Wales? Well, they want to grow the game in West Sydney, which is a bit thuggish. So let's send Collingwood up. <laughs> I was actually going to say Collingwood because uh, then the then the AFL could say we need to we need to grow the game. Let's send our most marketable club up to New South Wales. Yeah. So I like it. So hang on, what's the layout? We got Brisbane, Brisbane Lions. Uh, Brisbane Lions and Richmond are in Queensland. Yes. Uh, New South Wales gets Sydney and Collingwood. Yes. Uh, Vic, I'm just going to call the rest because I can't be bothered listening to them. <laughs> uh, who gets Tassie? So also remember, we've got 20 teams, so I get to make two more. Oh, okay. Then I say Tassie gets its own. Yeah, I was going to say Tassie gets their new team. Yep. To be fair, I probably wouldn't mind bringing back one of – I feel like Richmond – probably could come back as much as it is funny because Richmond has a lot of good pubs. Yeah, but we're not removing the whole suburb. Yeah, but it's good. It's a good Oh, I, I thought you were talking about just moving the franchise. I mean, you're like actually physically removing like any no, no, no. existence no, no, no. of them. It's more just Richmond is Richmond. The pub vibe is, is fairly good when Richmond plays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I was thinking maybe St Kilda, but that's not okay. a very that's not a very strong one to move up there. Yeah, it's a weak franchise. Because my unfortunate thing is Tassie, the easy one is North Melbourne. I know, but North Melbourne is such a basket case. Tassie deserves better. Very true. North are just gonna have to suck it up and be here. Not that anyone notices. So literally, I just need, we need to, maybe we give WA a new team. What about South Australia? Because South Australia are football fiends as well, right? Uh, we'll give them someone. Yeah. 
We'll give them someone and they can play a couple of games in Northern Territory. So there you go, right? So Alice Springs, it's not that much of a stretch. You could have a quarter of the home games played in Alice Springs in Northern Territory. There, so we fixed it. So who's left in Melbourne? Everybody else. Everybody. Except <laughs> except St Kilda and Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. What would you call Tazzy's team? Oh. Schmortham Schmelben. <laughs> I I I actually think that that is that it's more likely than not that that is the move that the AFL would like to make. Oh, I don't even know if they. I don't think they're ready to admit that they need to make it. At the end of the day, the Kangaroos have not made any money for a long time. They've needed to be bailed out in the past by members by the AFL. Their membership base is diminishing and small. Yeah, they got some diehard fans and a good history, but there's too many teams in a city of five, six million people. You can't have what is it, eight? Yeah. Something like that. In one city. It's just not sustainable. Yeah, and, and it doesn't help that the other ones are, are powerhouses. Well, so what's happened is you've got four clubs that are just heaving in the city and the rest just can't keep up. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Straight old lions just eating hyenas. Yeah, look, you've got, yeah, you've got the big four, but then, yeah. I mean, Carlton haven't been there, but they're still just dominant. Yeah, because they've got a huge membership base. Yeah, yeah, you got Western Bulldogs, uh, Saints, Hawthorne, uh, Hawthorne, obviously large. Yes, but they're they're the most iconic ones. But yeah, North obviously just it just is what it is. So, what would you rather be? Would you rather be running a new franchise and have all the pressure of starting from scratch? You got to brand it up. You got to get players. Or would you rather just be given like a middle-of-the-range established franchise? No, new. This is straight into my, like, uh, if I can do this in any uh, sports game on PlayStation, always start new because you get a shitload of good free um, free draft picks and you're allowed to go out <laughs> to free agents. So that's the way you do it. And also you get to like, you know, you feel like you, you, you inherit bad juju. You know, you... You can inherit the history of a club that you don't necessarily want. You inherit yeah. a team that's lost four grand finals by 100 points and you're like, I don't know if I want that on my new books. <laughs> I want zero <laughs> stats from the books. Also, it would take the world at least two years to figure out that you are a mediocre manager and administrator. That's also part of it. So like, yeah, you could roll into town and you seem like a god for the first at least year before the shine wears off. But so well, that's cool shit too. You get to pick the logo. You're not like, you haven't just like got everything and put like a sticker kit over it. Yeah. You've actually got out the artist and you're like, yeah, nah, yeah. All right. So here we go. You're being transported right now onto a press conference. Yep. You have just been announced as the new owner slash, I don't know, CEO of a new sports franchise. You, if it doesn't matter what sport, right? As I'm the journalist, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, <laughs> and you got to answer my questions because the world's media is watching. Okay, is this in my comment? Is this in my coach speak? 
Or is this yeah, whatever you? This have is. I, have I not established coach speak, uh, general manager speak yet? Because I haven't been in the scene. Exactly. So this is just the first time you're talking to the I'm just, press. I'm just a Yahoo who made money off my NBA <laughs> moment Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. <thing. laughs> exactly. That's another callback. That's. Uh, I want the rallying. T- I want that. I want that noted on the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Aaron, congratulations. Look forward to seeing what the team does. Uh, I just want to understand what culture and sort of club philosophy are you trying to drive and set up here in this new franchise? I don't know why I'm talking in a sort of weird American accent, but go with it. So what am I setting up? Look, uh, Cordo from Courts R Us. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, good to see you again, mate. Um, <laughs> look, really, with any new franchise, it's all about every... Everything that you kick over, every stone, is all about creating that identity from the ground up. So really, we want to make our brand all about the community and all about what the players brings. But to be honest, it's just about effort and winning early. We want people to come and have a good time. What we're going to do is at the end of every game, it's going straight back to the roots of what we all love. On Tuesdays when you come to the game, it is taco night. If we kick six goals in the second quarter, everybody gets a free taco. (laughs) At halftime, if one of our marks that happens in that game on a Friday night gets nominated for mark of the year that week, everybody gets to go out and gets another free Coke or a free beer <laughs> on the side. Again, this is all about getting people involved. And one of the big things I want to institute is that everybody's going to be allowed on the, onto the pitch at the end of the game to kick the footy around. Yeah, simple. That's the culture. The culture is fun. Fun, Cordo. And winning. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for that absolute pile of bullshit that you just laid at my feet. Uh, the next question I have is, um, there were some questions raised. Uh, you were able to come and start this franchise and buy it outright with a, a $35 million international wire transfer from a Cayman Islands bank account. Oh, that is rumors, correct. <laughs> rumors are swirling that uh, your club is actually being funded by the People's Republic of China, and North Korea. Uh, how do you answer those rumors? I would say that, that is not entirely correct, but I can't fully confirm where my $35 million came from. <laughs> but in other news, this flag that looks loosely Chinese is not relevant to our new logo. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound scarily like my greatest sporting moment episode where I ended <laughs> up franchising me. like Chinese cleaning products that were poisoning people. No, I think starting, in, in all respect, like starting a new franchise would be brutally hard. Yeah. Um, but they, the thing that always makes me laugh is that GWS were able to do it relatively well, but Gold Coast were not. Everything that goes to Gold Coast fails. It's like a black pit for sporting clubs at Gold Coast. Look at how many have tried and failed. Some cities, they just, they just don't want it. Mm. They think they do. I know if AFL ever put out a good PlayStation game that I could get and move a team to Tassie, I'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, um, what, are, what are your team's three uh, sort of critical blueprint things for success? Like what are going to be the three markers of success for you in the first uh, one to three years? Everybody's got to call out someone they hate. Uh, so this is all about <laughs> grudge matches. 
we don't have any we don't have any mortal enemies so we're going to make our own uh, that is mandated from everybody from the ceo to the janitor you pick your guy and you go after him <laughs> I don't need any others. That's too good. I love it. I love it. The whole club is known for just food giveaways if things go well and conflict. Yep. That's all you need. Yeah. I'd uh, yeah. I'd pay to watch that. That would be a great behind-the-scenes sports documentary. Your franchise getting off the ground. The moments where we see you in a press conference going like, yeah, yeah, that, that, and then like crying backstage because the pressure is mounting at a rapid rate. I think it's safe to say that I would crack like a very cheap popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> like just over leveraged. Yep. Did not do like, didn't really plan out all those sort of like ongoing operating costs. You know, those people that like buy a mansion, but then they don't have the money for the upkeep. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? That just clean it. Yeah, that's uh, six hundred fifty-three thousand dollars a week. Yeah, what do you mean? Exactly. Like those people in the UK that own all those like old estate castles, but they're just they're derelict and they can't afford to actually pay the exorbitant amount of money to like get the walls fixed. <laughs> yeah, anyway, all right, my man. I think that just about covers us for today. All right, thanks for that, Cordo. Stay tuned for my. Maybe I'll make a blueprint for you on how to how we can run our team. Yeah, I feel like this. Uh, I feel like this is something that needs to be brought up again next week. Like, uh, much like our greatest sporting women, I think I need to probe a little deeper on your greatest sporting franchise kind of vibe. We'll I think we. I think there's. I think there's more to unpack there for sure. All right, my man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Porto, as always. Folk at the Sidelines Media, thesidelines.com.au, run all your major podcast platforms. Please don't be afraid to get in touch and make any recommendations or suggestions. Love you all. AP, take care. See you, Cordo. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>